Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our severe case of indecision and our completely biased opinions with Ian and Tyler. You're listening to Sound Audits. How are we doing today, Tyler? Oh, I'm better now. I say we're listening to Sound Audits, but uh, we're listening to Sound Audits uh, while Sound Audits is a significant greater distance away from each other. Like 30 Um, miles? Yeah, it's... uh, This is... This is an interesting setup we've got here. We've resorted to, to Zoom for our fucking... <laughs> for recording our shit because uh, we, it's, it's illegal to be outside now, basically. Um, so uh, we're here. It's fine. Uh, I'm not crying inside. Um, so hopefully at some point we can get video. I don't know. We were trying to do that earlier but it just seems to lag us so for now you're getting on video hopefully we can upload this shit to youtube because that'd be really cool um kind of turn this into a positive here but um as of right now i'm using my phone as a hotspot, so the prospects of that are not looking great um but we'll see um hope you all are doing well um and today we're talking about uh one of my most anticipated albums of the year. Uh, one of my most listened to albums of the year uh, so far right now. Uh, I'm super excited to talk about it. It's the new uh, Strokes album. The new Abnormal. Um, go ahead. It was released April 10th of 2020. It's nine songs and 45 minutes long. Um, it is the band's first full record in almost seven years i think the last one came out in 2013 uh the 2013 release comeback machine so this was really anticipated and um it's the first it's kind of i I was listening to them talk and it was really interesting because a lot of a lot of bands and artists in general are um postponing the releases of their albums right now um hint hint wink wink nudge nudge oliver tree and their first album that came out 20 years ago was actually delayed due to the um, uh, September 11th attacks in New York City and their oh, bands that. that reigns from New York City. Um, and then t- exact, almost on the dot 20 years later, as this is happening, um, we're in the COVID-19 crisis. And where, what area has been hit the hardest um, is New York City in the United States. And this album was almost delayed again. And it was just, it's very, it's very eerie. And with the title being the new abnormal, um, um, this is some Simpsons predicting, predicting <laughs> shit is what's going on. Um, I just thought that, that, that was really interesting. And they were like, they're like talking about it and they're like spooked out. Like, like every time we're going to put out every on the top of the decade, when we go to put out our new album, something's just going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> kind of, kind of funny. That is interesting. I didn't think about that. Which, I mean, I guess the the album title is appropriate for the circumstances, isn't it? Right, but that was decided on well before. Yeah. The American... <laughs> the Americans got sick. <laughs> but on, on, the other, on the other side of things, going a, a little bit deeper, this album was produced by Rick Rubin, um, who is yeah. world-renowned in his producing. And we get a a very a very delicious sound on this album and i think he is heavily heavily responsible for a lot of that um yeah. 
Not and, to mention he's also uh, the co-president of Columbia Records, um, and uh, he's also the co-founder of Def Jam Recordings. Oh damn! So, um, uh, just a small figure in music, you know? Y- yeah, it's pretty common. <laughs> Def Jam Recordings, uh, not not that big of a deal. We're the artists under that label. Uh, Two Chains, YG. Um, Jay-Z, Kanye West, Frank Ocean, Beastie Boys, Justin Bieber, no big deal, Run DMC, Rihanna, just to name a few, Public Enemy, Nas. Um, This guy has had a huge impact on the music industry at large, period. Um, And he decided he wanted to work with the Strokes on their new record. I guess it's not uh, that big of a surprise considering how big of an impact the strokes have had on the um music industry and their lifespan as a band um i don't know this is just two joining of uh great minds uh and it's kind of interesting to see and i was fucking pumped for it honestly um a little background on the strokes i guess yeah that's true that is true it's I, i mean it's just another strokes album honestly that's why i was excited um a little background on The Strokes, though. Uh, the Strokes are an American rock band formed in Manhattan, um, formed in 1998. Uh, it is composed of the singer Julian Casablancas, uh, well-renowned at this point, uh, pretty much a, a household indie name. Um, if you don't know Julian Casablancas, then you're not an indie head, I guess. Uh, the guitarist Nick Valencia and Albert Hammond Jr., bassist Nikolai, F- oh shit, Fracher, and uh, the, the drummer, Jesus Christ. Uh, Fabrizio Moretti. That's fucking Italian as shit. Damn. That guy's got some Italian heritage. Um, the Strokes uh, have... They released their first full-length album, Is This It, in 2001. And um, I... I found that album, like, earlier this year. Um, and... I have been enamored with it pretty much ever since. Um, so the, the strokes are fairly new to me. Um, but in the short time that I've known about them, they have become one of my favorite sounds in indie period. Um, is this it being a staple in indie, uh, East coast, indie, indie in general, um, being that it basically changed the game overnight, um, with indie becoming more lo-fi and a little grittier, um, it kind of breathed new life into the New York indie scene, um, and it just put the Strokes on the map like immediately. Um, so their their rise to fame was not so much a rise as it was a straight shot into orbit, um, and they've been a success and they've kind of been a, um, a again a household name ever since. The rest has been kind of history. They released uh, a couple more albums after that. Uh, their, their 2003 release kind of further solidifying their reputation as a formidable um, a, a force to be reckoned with, I suppose, in indie. Um, and they had like uh, a very long hiatus in the span of 2006 and 2011 when in 2011 they released um, another album. Uh, I think it was titled, what was the title? Angles, yes. Angles, and then 2013, their last record was Come Down Machine. Uh, like we discussed and um, the reception of both of those albums has been mixed across the board from fans and critics alike 
Um, nobody can seem to decide on whether those albums are an absolute flop or a hit. Um, but that brings us to this new record. And um, I forget, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, Tyler. Um, I forget where I heard that this was in correlation with uh, an endorsement of Bernie Sanders. Um, so I guess that's just an interesting tidbit. Um, it's kind of, and this album is politically minded, um, not unlike some of their other stuff. Um, they don't ever really outright state any political opinions or they, and they don't get into too many specifics or semantics or anything like that, but they, um, they definitely dabble in themes of it. Um, so I guess that's just something to keep in mind an interesting tidbit, but, um, I don't know. I think I'm I'm ready to just about ready to talk about the music. This album is nine songs long, 45 minutes. Um, are we are we just about ready? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So I guess for starters, I I think it's important to point out that this was produced in, in its entirety um, by Rick Rubin, and he was the one who gave the album a, a green light. And if you go, I've gone back a little bit and listened through a lot of projects he's been a part of, and it's very clear to see the ways that he influenced the band. And most of them, in my opinion, are very, very positive. One of the things that he... For, he not forces but he constantly brings artists back to is their roots so when artists go and then they put out a, they have a great debut maybe a couple of albums after that are solid and they kind of start to decline as they go on um just maybe experimenting in areas that they shouldn't be or maybe even going into an area of selling out um he has a habit of working with artists and bringing it back to what originally made them awesome and I think that that is very clear on this project. And the reason for that is that a lot of the stuff on this, I haven't heard since their first album. A lot of the stuff on this, I haven't heard, not that I've been listening to them in 20 years since I was born, but since their 2001, 2000 album. And that's honestly a huge positive. And with that, there's incredible compressed and loud audio for me a lot of this listening through through speakers and my car loud is the key term here and there's not that there's not mellow parts and there's not really beautiful passages but they're a louder indie rock and it kind they kind of fit to the form um, on this project of the traditional new york city indie scene it definitely was it definitely was more of a return to form for the strokes being that their last two albums were extremely like new wave disco era inspired um albums they definitely took even more heavily from the 80s than this album does um which is saying something because this album definitely does pull a lot from the 80s especially on the songs brooklyn bridge to chorus track three and track four bad decisions those are the those are the points where i was like yeah 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 I can definitely hear the 80s influence here. It's it's definitely clear as clear as day, uh, at least to me. 
there's that song that came out in 1990 and it's called um i melt with you and it's that song that goes i'll stop the world and melt with you and that song was by modern english and it came out in at the end of 1989 into 1990 and the fourth track bad decisions is that song with different lyrics it is it is <laughs> it is the form it is the chord progression it, it is just everything and i the first time i was listening to this i was like what the hell did i skip oh this is oh this is still the strokes oh yeah i was okay. like there's this there is this fucking 80s song that is stuck in my head i can't remember what the hell it is but that fucking vocal melody that they have on i guess it's the pre-chorus or the chorus you could say um or one of the two choruses um sounds exactly like it and i cannot place it for the fucking life of me that's one thing about this album though that's interesting is the structuring of these tracks um a lot of them take on so many different phases that it's ridiculous like they have different forms of verses they have different forms of a chorus they have multiple pre-choruses um they have multiple forms of a bridge um it just it's it's a way that they keep things interesting along with the fact that the song lengths on here are uh not bite-sized um a lot of them it's nine tracks 40 45 minutes what is that even out to five minutes a track um exactly um so these are not short indie songs these are not your typical three minute three and a half minute um indie tracks these are kind of lengthy they are kind of winding they take on forms uh in multitudes um across multiple tracks uh namely i guess i could say Namely, it would be Eternal Summer, um, At the Door, Ode to the Mets. Um, songs like those are uh, definitely free form. They definitely, um, I don't know, they take on multiple different shapes and phases. And it's just very interesting to see them cycle through all of these different parts that they give in these songs. It's, it keeps things fresh, I guess. And I think that's a lot of that is their attempt to refocus their sound. Um, they're certainly not. Agreed. They're certainly not trying to write. This album doesn't come across as writing hits for the radio. And their last two albums, not that there's been a lot of that, but there's there have been aspects of it where they are very clearly making this for a certain type of person, and the, the type of person that this album itself was created for are the fans and the fans of the genre and the new york indie rock scene um one thing that i thought was really interesting about this one is that out of the projects i've listened to i thought that this one probably in general had the slowest tempos out of a lot of the stroke songs that i've learned and they did a yes really they did yes a, they did such a good job in slowing down and focusing in and layering so many perfect things in despite i don't know if it's out of the comfort zone but it's different than what they've done in the past. So they've, yeah, even though they've gone back, they're still expanding and it's, it's great. It definitely takes on a different vibe than their first album. That's for sure. The punchiness and just the immediate, the immediacy of that album. Um, this one definitely takes its time more. This one definitely, uh, pulls back the tempo and it kind of allows for more maturity and less of the immaturity that was on their first record. And maybe that's one of the biggest differences is the, uh, the maturity level is uh, basically on a different fucking scale. Um, so 
I don't know. It's just an interesting turn to see the the band taking. That doesn't. That's not to say though that they don't have one or two punchy, punchy tracks on here. The adults are talking. The first track on here is probably one of the most Strokes songs that the Strokes have written on this album. It's just straight bullets, bullet after oh, bullet, yeah. piercing. Oh yeah, and it's it's honestly it's it's just good idea after good idea on this song i loved listening to this song. i remember first putting on this album i was kind of worried um especially knowing that this was somehow attached to political opinions because i know a lot of times that ends up being a detriment to albums when artists kind of attach um stuff to, to their ideo- ideological and political views hail to um, the king <laughs> hail yeah, to the chief rather and- and I mean the the new Kanye, the newest Kanye album. We don't need to talk about that though. That didn't um, happen. That didn't happen. Um, and I I don't know what it is about. Well, yes, I do know what what it is about the song. Uh, the guitars are immediate as hell. Um, a lot of those staccato rhythms that they put into the rhythm guitar. Um, and the the chorus is so good. It is so smooth. As well as across this album, uh, Julian Casablancas reaches into his upper register a lot um a lot a lot uh that falsetto vocal shows up on nearly every track here if not every track and it is stellar it is it, incredible it is. to hear him it's a mix between uh, reaching the, up the into vocal. those folds. it's the it's a mix i mean to interrupt you it's a mix between the vocalist from the cure and tom york and it's the craziest yeah. thing because i was listening to both and i could place it like perfect balance between the two and he nails it i don't know why he maybe his voice has matured and and maybe changed a little bit as he's gotten older but he nails it i can't believe that it hasn't shown up more than it has before on other albums yeah i was listening to some of the strokes material after is this it and on albums like angles and come down machine he uses it more especially on like the singles on those albums um so it's not entirely new for the strokes but it shows up in spades on this album and it's fantastic it is an incredible addition um especially considering on their first album it was basically devoid of falsetto vocals it was mainly him sticking around in that lower register um well i i put i would put lower in quotation marks because he doesn't necessarily have uh that low of a voice he definitely has more of a nasally timbre uh to his voice already but the falsetto vocals just add so much to the track as well as the drum machines across a lot of these tracks are great they're just sequenced beautifully um and the live drums across this album are great the guitar tones across this album are great and some of the risks that the bands take the band takes on this album are fantastic too with some of the synths um being as 80s inspired as they are brooklyn bridge to chorus um being the the main offender on that front with the uh almost princeish uh since on the the verses and stuff um it's just it, it feels like it was ripped out of the 80s but like honestly i don't mind it at all i i think it i think the aesthetic of that track is great um and again the multiple phases and the multiple different moods that the track shifts through um are fantastic not to mention that the band writes some sickeningly sweet tunes um julian as a songwriter um is one of the most renowned in the business um people know anywhere that he shows up there's probably going to be a good song uh at this point and that's kind of a reputation that he's established for himself and um 
it doesn't stop happening on this album. Even if, even on the songs that I thought weren't as good as other ones on this album, the tunes like I bad decisions is a song that I have problems with, but the tune of the song still works. And I do enjoy the tune of the song and maybe the song will even grow on me uh, more than it already has because on first listen, bad decisions kind of irked me a little bit. It kind of reminded me of blink 182 and not the best way. I, f- I felt like the guitars on the beginning of the track were extremely like blink 182. I don't know why. Um, and again, the chorus kind of irked me cause I didn't know what the hell 80s song they're ripping from. But um, again, maybe it'll grow on me. Um, and the 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 risks with synthesizers and stuff like that um they come deeper in deeper into the record um with the track at the door as well which was the lead single off of this album the very first song that they had released um and at the door is uh proving to be uh one of one of the best songs in the strokes discography it's just so sweet along with the 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 lyrics being so downtrodden and they're so um self self-deprecative in a way and they're like uh it's uh i don't know pull it really pulls at your heartstrings and not in like the cliche kind of uh cheesy kind of way it's more heartfelt and it's more genuine um and the the synths again, like Tyler said, this album's kind of loud and compressed. The synths are kind of loud, um, but it kind of adds to the charm, um, as well as kind of like at the end with the the techno y um, little. It's really really subtle, but they have these uh, techno synths going in the back with the um, like your standard kick. A pulsating kick drum as well as the the octave that's kind of uh going back and forth um in the lower register um but it's really interesting the way that they implemented it and this song has i don't i think i feel like it's going to stand the tests of time at least for me um at the door is going to be definitely a song that i'm coming back to um i mean why are sundays so depressing is another song that was a highlight for me in that the multiple phases that it takes are fantastic a lot of the time. Um, maybe a little awkward on this track, but maybe again, that adds to the charm of it a little bit. Um, the weird warped synths on the chorus still kind of boggle my mind every time I listen to it. Um, but honestly, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, um, Ode to the Mets has proved to be my favorite track off of this record. Um, and that's for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it combines, um, and I think this is what the album was going for as a whole. And honestly, I feel like it succeeded in a way. Um, it's sort of a perfect combination of old stroke songwriting and old strokes kind of era production, um, with it being somewhat gritty and somewhat uncut in a way. Um, but combining the ambitiousness that they're trying to go for with some of their new wave influence um, and just some of that 80s influence that they're going for, it balances the two perfectly and it closes the album out on one of the best notes that it possibly could go out on with one of the best written songs, some of the most heartfelt and uh, heart-wrenching lyrics on the album um, with the final sentiment of the album 
um, leaving off on such a, it's such a sad note, but again, it's something that pulls at the heartstrings and I, I, it's just something that I found to be so utterly charming. Um, um, and if I can pull it up, it's the, the final lyrics of the song and the album are, um, pardon the silence that you're hearing. Uh, it's turning into a deafening, painful, shameful roar. Um, and it's just, it's such a powerful sentiment to end off on. Um, and this is again, not a short track. It's five minutes, 51 seconds. And it's five minutes and 51 seconds of pure strokes bliss. So I'm really not complaining. Uh, I enjoyed so much off of this album. I really did. I guess we could talk about stuff that we, we had problems with though, if, you, if you're ready. Yep. All right, let's get into it. Um, there were only a few things on this project that I feel like I, I am qualified to complain about. And <laughs> the one thing the, the one thing that immediately stand, stood out to me on this is that there's, there's a level of wearing your influences proudly on your sleeve. And then you, if you go a little bit deeper, you kind of get towards the territory of not blatantly, but certainly copying the the influences in a way that's a little uh, it's a little sketch to me. I you know, and I felt that on a couple of the songs, and even if it wasn't deliberate, there were some songs where I was like, "This is indistinguishable from the other band." Like this is so close. Like if you change the 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 actual t- tone and timbre of his vocals, this could very well be that other band. Um, Track four was like that. I, I already said that, but it sounded exactly, exactly like modern English's I'll Melt With You. Like to a T, the drum pattern, exact same. The guitars, exact same style, sound, everything. And it also sounded a lot like Blink-182 and a handful of other bands. If you go I, to- I've just found also that um, on Apple Music, Bad Decisions, um, the the chorus was ripped out of 1981's uh, "Dancing with Myself" um, by Billy Idol and Tony James, and they are actually credited as songwriters on the track because it is so closely related. Oh, perfect! Um, I found that just scrolling through Apple Music. Yeah, so I, I found so the track, ladies and gentlemen. Track seven: "Why Are Sunday So Depressing" is a cake song. It is a cake song. Not only is it a cake song, but <laughs> cake likes to rip off themselves. They've written the same song a hundred times. This sounds like numerous cake songs. Like I could pick out five or six that immediately represent track seven. So in a dis- it, those are the ones that stand out to me at the highest caliber of literally this could be the other band. Um, I have no problem with being influenced. I have no problem with you, you showing that. But you still, I, there's still an element of making a project your own. There's still an element of making the, the individual songs your own. And I think, that, I think that out of all the things I could complain about, and there aren't a lot, I think that that's the one thing that stood out to me the most. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and despite this album 
um, sort of being the, a, a very healthy balance of new and old when it comes to strokes. There were songs on here that irked me, uh, one being Eternal Summer, um, being that this song is a fucking mess. Um, and I, I could, I could have done without it on the record. It's the longest song here and it's, um, it, uh, it's just a barrel of questionable decisions, honestly. Um, and I, <laughs> I have no idea why I was included on here from the, the wonky songwriting, um, to the production that's so all over the place and so like jumbled up. Um, and some of the, some of the synths on this song, um, are like ear rapey. Um, they're so f- fucking high, I guess. Like, it sounds like a dog whistle. Some of the, I guess it's an organ lead um, on the chorus or something. Um, I, I, it just, I don't know. This song was probably the biggest offender um, when it comes to just poor songwriting on the on the album. It as feels, well as some of the... It feels, experimental. Some of the, it feels experimental for the wrong reasons. Yes, exactly. Um and I feel like some of the pacing on some of these songs could have been better. Um, I like how they slowed down a lot of these, but not the same anymore. Um, even though the explosion on the chorus is really nice, the verses feel so drawn out and just dragging its feet um, that it gets boring. And that's not usually something that I get from a Strokes track. A lot of times Strokes tracks are engaging and they're entertaining. They're a lot of fun. Um, but this one just didn't do it for me. Um, pacing on that one could have been better. And Bad Decisions was wearing its influences on its sleeve a little bit too much for me um, a lot of the time. Um, and maybe here and there, there's like a problem that I have with something feeling a little bit out of place. Um, like on Why Sundays Are So Depressing. I just feel like some of the stuff, some of the placement of the, uh, certain production choices on that track could have been better. Um, but a lot of the time I find the, the sins that this album commits extremely forgivable. Um, if not only for the fact that this is probably one of the best strokes albums that's been released within the last 20 years. Um, so I really, uh, the, the complaints that I have are trivial compared to the fact that, uh, some of my favorite strokes tracks show up on this album and I will be returning to this for the entirety of the duration of the year. I'm with you there. Yeah, I I was I was very very happy with the outcome. Um, and fuck you, Pitchfork. Pitch, Pitchfork gave this a five. Um, fuck you, you're wrong. It's hilarious. Uh, you ready to get into the final section? I am. Let's do it. So, in summation, um, I like this album. I liked it a lot. And maybe that's just because uh, this, the very first Strokes album has quickly become one of my favorite albums. Um, not only because of its... Not only because of its influence and not only because it was a game changer. Um, and it very clearly was a game changer. Um but just because the quality of the material on this album is so out of the park. Um, and I, I was scared going into this album. I was afraid because I knew that the, um, 
the previous couple of albums had been shoddy as well as it's been seven years since the band has done anything. Um, so there were a lot of things that could have gone wrong on this LP. Um, and I am pleased to report that this album exceeded expectations. Um, and not only that, it was very good. It was extremely enjoyable. Um, and I can see myself returning to it in its entirety. Um, hopefully some of the tracks that I didn't like so much will grow on me. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really did. I thought that, generally speaking, this was a surprisingly mature album for the band. And after seven years of fans waiting for this, I don't think that it disappointed them. One thing that I I really think is going to come from this album is the fact that not only is it going to draw a tremendous number of indie lovers toward the band but it's also going to reunite the band with the people who love them first this is going to appeal to a massive number of people and that's just that's awesome yes it's it's quality it's just quality it's good um i thought that the pacing on on the album was near perfect except for i guess it was the fifth track which i could have just done without the whole track but aside from that like I really don't have a whole lot of a lot of issues with this. It's a pleasant listen, and this might be one I'd consider buying on vinyl. So, not to mention the album art like, is sick as hell. It's a 1981 modern art piece um, called what was it? Bird on a Dollar or something like that. Um, yeah, it looks I, sick as hell. I like the band's aesthetic in general with all of yeah. their things. Uh, it's very, it's it's kind of uh, it's a little Radiohead esque, I think. A little bit, yeah. I clapped at the end of this album after I listened to it all the way through the first time. It's just, yeah. Oh yeah. It's always good when you, you find an album like that. I don't know. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I probably, if, if, if you were going to tell me to score it 8.6. I'm feeling exactly the same way. Hell yeah. I'm there. Ladies and gentlemen, you've, you've heard it from us first. That's the, that's the score that this album gets. No more, no less 8.6. Yeah, it is not a pitchfork. Fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) It is not a fucking five. You blow me. You can suck my wiggly middle finger. Um, Thank you for listening. That's it, man. This has been a. uh, Apologies from us if the um, audio quality is super poor or anything like that. We we tested it beforehand. Um, so hopefully it should turn out to be okay. Um, even if we're recording over zoom, but, uh, just forgive the, the, the audio mishaps, I suppose. Yeah. It won't be like this for long. As soon as we get out of this COVID disaster. Yeah. Hopefully you all are staying safe as well. I'm, I'm praying that everybody, uh, is smart about the way that they handle themselves in the midst of this. Sorry, go ahead. Thank you for listening. We have new episodes every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to join us, we will be here Friday, 9 a.m. We've been fairly active on our Instagram with polls and questions and all sorts of things. 
And we're going to be having some really, really sick interviews coming out that we're super excited about with some very talented people. So that'll be awesome. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Sound Audits, Twitter at Sound Audits. You can email us at soundaudits at gmail.com. If you would like to donate to us, you can do that at the link in our podcasting description or the link in our Instagram uh, bio. Uh, yeah follow the strokes on instagram listen to them listen to their first project listen to this one if you like them both the ones in between but that's up to you for the price of two gumballs you can help out two broke college kids wow i stole your or your tagline yeah (laughs) for the price of two gumballs you can support two broke college kids you're welcome kids thank you all for listening um again hopefully you all are staying safe um stay active get creative do some shit that you wouldn't have otherwise done if, if not home so much. Um, and we'll see you in the next episode. See you on Friday. Yeah. Um, again, go follow our socials. We're active on there so you can always get live updates on things while they're happening because um, we're pretty spontaneous, but that's okay. Um, so we will see you next week. Peace out.